Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. So, episode three, the Lighthouse Experiment is back, a Freedom Center Church ministry, and we're hoping to get folks that aren't first responders or veterans to walk alongside with us, pour their experiences and their hearts into this ministry with us. So with that, I was had mentioned in the last episode of a, a conference I got to go to, and from that conference I pulled some cool, some cool resources, and kind of things to help pe- non-military people, help them understand how to talk to us and how to engage with veterans and first responders. It kind of works for both. Sweet, I love directions. <laughs> <laughs> so this is called the 15 Things Veterans Want You to Know. And we're going to share the link. The website is called Psych Armor. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. We'll share it. Um, so, obviously, this one is going to seem pretty lame, but a good starting point is, did you serve in the military? And kind of a sidebar, if you're talking to someone that's a veteran, you don't really have to ask that. <laughs> now that I said it out loud. Anyway, all right. Well, I mean, there is no conversation if the answer is no. I mean... Right. We move on to a different topic. So. Right. That's true. It is, a, it is an but important if it's, qualifier. It just, right. But it has been fun. There's been people that I didn't realize were veterans. Oh, that's true. And I've known them for a little bit. And then, like, oh, I didn't realize that about you. So, all right. So we'll go through some of these. We don't have to hit all of them. We'll just mean the most important ones. Um, first one is ask ask which branch. Because there's, mo- there's not everybody's not a soldier. And a lot of times... We're all lumped in as soldiers, and that's, if right. you didn't know, that's cool. But you have the Army, you have the Navy, the Air Force, Marines, and the Coast Guard. Each one's its own thing, their own mission, their own subculture. You know, the Coast Guard actually is does a ton of homeland security. Right. The oldest branch of the military. The too. oldest branch, that's true, and the most active. They're mm-hmm. the most operational. True story. Yep. All my army brothers right now are are like no. I can feel them staring. Oh, yeah. I can feel it. My neck's <laughs> burning. Cutter Revenue Service, oldest branch of the United States of America's military. The reserves. The reserves are also part of the military. So each branch has a reserve, like division, and what that is is folks that are civilians, and also. <laughs> Soldiers, Marines, you know, airmen. Yeah, that's something sailors. I didn't know. the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. I, I had, I was one that I thought reserves was just for. Did you know Army? that if you're in the reserves and you get deployed, your, your employer is obligated to hold a job? People get that mixed up and think your same job, but they have to offer a job to you when you get back. Okay. okay. Soldiers and Sailors cool. Relief Act of. So reserves is. Six or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So reserves is, are for folks that want to be prepared to serve, but right. are kind of doing not their necessarily their they go through pretty much duty. the same training. They do yeah. the boot camp and they go to whatever their A school or or advanced school that any other enlisted person would go yep. through. Okay, um, and then and, they come and they belong to whatever state they live in, they or whatever section or region of that state. Sweet, they'll be put yeah. attached to it. And each branch has a slight, like for example, the Coast Guard. 
the boating in Michigan is the highest per capita in the world between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Okay. So they have um, a different offering for active duty uh, reservists who want to go active duty for the summer, and they they That's they really can bring cool. them really? on for just oh yeah, cool. yeah That's pretty yeah, cool. They, so you can wow. yeah, they add a significant amount of manpower with the reserve component for those months. And in the winter time in the Great Lakes area, what do you you know ice rescue right. You know that type of thing. So you're not nearly as busy, but the the boating population is um, one of the highest in the world per hmm. per capita. Is Sick. like right along the Detroit River, and then pretty much from like the Grand Haven area down yeah. to Chicago and Milwaukee. That's awesome. So number three, not everyone in the military is infantry. So ask, what did you do, or what is what was your job? That's a good question. There's hundreds of jobs there's actually musicians you know doctors cooks drivers pastors like pastors, the clergy chaplains chaplains yeah um yeah all stuff all every one of them vital to the mission but just not everybody is that's cool like they'll tell you depending on what branch you're in that everybody like in in the marines everyone's a rifleman in the army everyone's a soldier you have that first line thing is you're a warfighter if that's what the task at hand is but there's so many other things to make all the branches function. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's good. Always on duty. That's a big one, too. Number five was always on duty. When you're like the active duty folks, they're always, you know, you can always be called back. That actually happened to me once I was on leave here in Michigan, and my unit got deployed. So I had to you go back. No I had just got leave. here. Yeah. Right. I was on 30 days leave. And got here in about 30 hours into my 30 days leave. Oh, like, you no. got to come back. We're, we're shipping out. I, um, friends from college, they had to <laughs> reschedule their wedding. Oh, so they, they got married at the courthouse with family out in California before he deployed. And then when he was coming home, she was planning everything for the actual, like, ever, all family and friends being there. And they had to reschedule everything, like, twice. Mm-hmm. And then finally she was just like, screw it. We're doing a reception at some point when he gets <laughs> right, home. Because they, she lost, they lost so much money in, like, paying deposits and stuff and getting stuff screwed up because he didn't go home when they thought he was going to get home. So, that's, that's tough. This is a big one. This is obvious. But, you know, all military folks, all of us, we take pride in our conduct and our appearance and our fitness. It's just a standard that doesn't go away. You know, you hold yourself to it. Yeah. Yeah, I can, especially in at work, you can tell who the veteran is and what branch they were in, usually after about 10 minutes of watching them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick's work, they have a high hiring of... Uh, I believe it's Marines mm-hmm. and a whole like section of their workforce. Like there's a whole department that's like, it's like 70% veteran. And he's like, you can, he's like, you can totally tell, but they're like, they work hard. They get their job. Like they, right. it's just, he's like, it's really cool to work with that department and that dynamic. Cause they, they do what they no, say they they're going to do yeah, and they, they follow through. And, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. When I first transitioned out, one of the hardest parts was getting a civilian job. Excuse me. Getting a civilian job and like it was terrible. It was a little factory door making place in Tacoma, Washington. And I can remember the f- shop foreman coming around and saying, Well, you got to stay for an hour, you know, hour of overtime. And I had no concept. So I was asking the, the dude who trained me, I'm like, What is that? What's overtime? I don't understand. 
because I was used to my only real job <laughs> ever was the military. And you just are right. You're working 110 you're, hours a week. You're just working. You just yeah. and they tell you to go to sleep. That's when you go to sleep. <laughs> you know, that's when it's done. Yeah. You know, but all these guys were super mad. I was like, what? And he explained what overtime was, right? I'm like, you're going to pay me more? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> this is amazing. I'll take another, please. <laughs> yeah, right? I'll take more overtime. So, oh, well, I can, I can see that because I, I feel like, I don't know how to say it. Like the older generation of veterans, they sometimes it can be perceived that they're just really hard on I think there's naturally sometimes the older generation kind of looks at the younger generation and is like, come on, come on, you can do better type thing. But that's part of the, the culture. I mean, that's there's what makes makes you successful at the mission is never pushing or never giving up on it. Right. And absolutely. part of, you know, it's not so much that the older generation is harassing the younger generation. It's that the men, well, all men and women, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. The older no, generation is primarily men. They knew what it take took to help them one be successful at their mission, right. but two develop into the the men and women they perceive themselves to be. And they're by harassing the younger generation, they're helping to instill the same thing: those yeah. values, right. honor, yeah. absolutely, sense of duty. Um, you know, you you don't like not quitting. Like for the Coast Guard, one of our mottos was: you have to go out, but you don't have to come back. And that was like when you'd get into a bad situation, that was, you know, kind of a, a little motivator. That still sticks for me. I've been up for 22 years. Right. Yeah. And yeah, quitting is not something that it's harder to not quit. I'm saying that backwards. And quitting's not easy, put right. it that way, because right. of that's so ingrained in you that right. you just, you, you'll die before you stop. Right. But I think sometimes, though, that it's not said that eloquently. Right. And I think that each generation has its own way in which they kind of do life and see mm-hmm. life and speak. And so I think from a community standpoint, like from like where I'm coming from, I think that's really helpful to understand veterans better so that when you do have those engagements, you can you can see that it's they're they're, they're encouraging you to raise you up higher, right. not necessarily to be like you're lazy and stupid it's no i'm calling you higher because you're capable of more. right yeah. you know, well so that good. and when you you know the brotherhood we speak of if if i'm gonna you know if jim and i were in the same branch and served together and for him to put his trust in me and mine in him that i'm gonna keep him alive and he's gonna yeah. keep me alive yeah i gotta know he can take a little bit of razzing yeah so yeah. that that's where a lot of the hazing rituals come from it's a rite of passage and it's not from the participants it's not typically viewed as Oh, they're so mean to me, and this is horrible. And why is everybody harassing me? It's I endured, and now I'm in. Yeah, right. and Makes and there's sense. that that bond that you know when you get into those bad situations, you're gonna you're gonna see it through together. Cool. Whereas out of that environment, if yep. I say something, some well, that's mean, and it hurt their feelings. You shouldn't say that. Well, I'm trying to forge character in them. Yeah. So it's a very different different, different uh, All right. perspective there. Keep us on track here a little bit. Number seven was we did not all kill someone. And those people who have don't want to talk about it. So please don't ask. And that's important, I think, also for our first responders. Mm-hmm. Just don't ask what our worst call was. You really don't want to hear about the you really details don't want to hear of anything, either. But and either if you do those. build that trust and have that if relationship do, yeah. first. If I will you know. share that if once that is trust is established in people. I'll I'll talk about it, but yeah, and, and not, a reason, you know, right? Is 
Not for entertainment, you know, like entertainment at yeah. a dinner party is like eh, you don't want to hear my grossest story because you ain't gonna finish dinner. We don't all have PTSD. Some people do, but some people it's just not everybody. And right now we're in a culture that's the misconception is anytime anyone's seen stress, all of a sudden they have post traumatic stress disorder, and that's just not right. Well, there's a balance between bringing awareness to something so that right. people aren't like struggling on the side alone, right. but yeah. also, yeah. Yep. And that's that's good because that puts us uh, number ten here. It says it's really hard for us to ask for help. You have to look at the military and first responder culture, right? It's mission oriented. Right. It's saving other people oriented. It's a you know it's a task to go do something. Not like the idea isn't hey I'm going to go be heroic, right? But the idea is we have a mission to accomplish, and our job, what we're created for, and what we're called to, is to help. Right. So I'm not going to throw, like, cast that perceived weakness on myself by asking for help. Well, and there's the culture, too. If, you're, if your sergeant or your chief comes to you and gives you a task that's harder than, than you think it should be, in the military, that means they trust you to get it done and you're not going to fail. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we don't – you ask for help. You're saying, I can't do this myself like you wanted me to, and I'm – you know, well, in the nature, kind of giving I, up a certain amount of confidence that you have in me. Well, in the nature of like seeing what you guys do, I had had a conversation with Sarah Kern one time about like, I'd be afraid of showing up and not knowing what to do. And she flipped that around. It was really cool. Her response. She's like, well, I just figure that if I show up, I can do something. All right. You know? Right. And so I, I applaud those that are willing to run in and do something. Right. And you have that training and stuff. And there are going to be things that, you're not 100% sure what to do, but you're going to start running through that protocol and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably a big part of why you see that, that well, I'm not going to quit because you can only effectively do one good thing or one thing at a time well. So it's just getting in and finding that one thing and knocking that out and then doing the next thing. But out of that, I can see where, you know, if you're expected to do something, you're expected to go in and, and make things happen, it can be hard to turn that off and then you know, make sure that you're getting the help and right. and stuff. And it, it may look different for you. You know, it might right. be, it might be intentional counseling with a counselor. It might be mm-hmm. finding community. It might be, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of different resources oh, out yeah. there, you know, but yeah. Well, and some of it you don't want to turn off. Like you were saying earlier, you know, people work different. There are certain things that, you know, when we've asked people, there's positive things they take from it. Oh I mean, yeah. I, I, it's not healthy to push myself to exhaustion in everything I do, but to know that if, if the proverbial fertilizer hits the fan, I'm not quitting. Right. I'll breathe my last before I'm done. Yeah. And, and to have that, and you'd, you'd say the same thing, Jim, and I think any veteran you would, would ask would probably say the same. That's a positive. That's we an incredible strength. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's, that goes right into this next one. It says military service changes us permanently. So it's, it's a culture, you know, it has its own standards and traditions, it's mm-hmm. stigma, but it's just something, you know, Pastor Jim has said before, like we swear an oath, but we don't unswear it. Right. It's not like you do the reverse oath when you get out and now you're all good and you <laughs> right. don't have to do anything anymore. That's true. An oath is an oath. Um, and, I, and I would say well, too, like but good or bad, there's a lot of wonderful things to take from those experiences right. and there can be some very traumatizing or hard things to to take from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's as Christians, 
you know, there's the verse that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And right. so whatever we've gone through in our own experiences to allow the Lordship of Christ to have his, uh, you know, total authority over that. Mm-hmm. So whatever you've gone through to let him have his hand in and keep walking you through right. that. This one here, number 12, was pretty cool, too. It says, we differ with how much we identify with the military after service. So some people... Read that one more time. It says, we differ differ with how much we identify with the military after we serve, like after we're out. Oh, yeah. It's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. Some dudes that they will identify as a veteran first and foremost above all things, and everything stems from that. And some people, like I... I did my deal and it was awesome and good memories. And no, that's so that. Nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably more in that latter category because to me it's like I did my thing and and learned a lot and there's certain parts of it I carry over like the lessons learned yeah. and and the memories and things like that. But I'm I, I for me personally I'm not real comfortable walking around with you know i'm a veteran type of stuff all over because you should judge me by who i am today not who i was 22 years ago that's also too you know for us you know i know i can speak for myself specifically in the era that i served in there wasn't a lot going on it's not like this generation now who's completely defined by a war on terror that you know Mm -hmm. like what are we looking at 18 year war now something like that 17 years yeah and the veterans now like um compared to like my time or right. when you were in, it's a different type of of stress that they're dealing with. Right, it's completely different. Times have changed, cultures changed, and um, this is a good one too. This one was our families serve with us. It's challenging moving, just moving, and then deployments impact everybody in the family. Yep. Yep. Um, you you know new schools, new all that stuff. You know, and when you're active duty, I would say just from having friends that are still in. It's awesome because there's someone whose job it is to be that liaison. Cool. It's usually that soldier, or what I'm just speaking army lingo here, that soldier and that soldier's wife are working as a couple and a new couple's coming and they're in charge of getting them integrated, cool. getting them into housing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then too, just like when the soldier gets out, now that army wife doesn't have those army wives anymore. Right. And it's gone for everybody. And the bond with the, those army wives are different than it is with, yeah. Right. Everybody else. Yeah. Right. You, have a, you don't have a, that that core thing holding you together. <laughs> and the stressors, the day to day. Like one thing that came to my mind is we we had different readiness standards. So even if I had time off, liberty, and wasn't at work, depending on our readiness status status, I was limited to how far I could go from the base. Oh yeah, right. we had same. Yeah. Right. Same. And same. it's like you know some some. You Thirty know, day leave and Jim flies off to Hawaii. On the internet. Next thing you know, you can't go more than twenty minutes from the base. Well, my apartment's thirty minutes. You know, yeah. People would right. have to face those kind of issues, or, right. um, you know, you you had plans. Maybe you were going to a friend's wedding or something. Now you can't go without getting special permission from your command. Right. Right. You know, just those extra stressors. The next one is we would die for each other and for our country. Yep. And the big thing is like Jason touched on earlier, and we've heard from our pastor, uh, from Pastor Jim a lot, is it's really the fight is for the guy on our left and our right. Mm-hmm. You know, the perception is for freedom and all that stuff, and that's cool to keep the country and keep our civilians engaged, but really we're fighting for each other and making sure everybody comes home. And then the last one um, is that we made this sacrifice for one reason, and that's to serve something greater than ourselves. 
you know, it's for the honor duty commitment piece, but really it's, we're just called to something greater. Mm-hmm. And one little, as a last tidbit before we wrapped up and just, mm-hmm. so, and maybe I'll do the research and we can do a whole episode on it. But something I learned throughout this week at that conference was, was the post-traumatic stress that women veterans face is, is absurd. The stuff that's not reported and they have a whole different category. They have, they have, uh, they call it like military sexual trauma just, uh, the comments and the, the comments, the forced stuff. Do you want to make rank? You want me to not chapter you out of the military? Just all sorts of things and stuff that goes unreported tons of stuff. And now, you know, women make up a huge percentage of the military I think we just recently in the army we had the first single mom female get tabbed out as a ranger. She made it. She qualified. She's a tabbed qualified U.S. Army ranger. Wow! As a single mom. As a single mom and freaking good, like really, really good. Like wow. if I was a soldier, still reading her stats and the stuff she can do. Yeah, I'd want to be. I'd want to be fighting. She's a captain, so I'd want if I would follow her. Yeah, there'd be some. That's something, uh, uh, you know, to find out like in and of itself wow. to be a single mom and do that, live that life, right, successfully, wow. and flourish, but also to go to, to well, to be an officer on top of that. Oh my goodness yeah, gracious! But but that's a big deal. So anyway, these are just some tips, just some things you can hear. We can uh, Ashley will post that link along with this episode, so you can get to get to that website and maybe print it off, have it just. Just good information for our community, our civilian folks to to understand a little better idea of what we how we be as yeah. as veterans. Super helpful. Thanks. Yep. I think that's it. As always, we're on Instagram, Facebook. I do sometimes post on Twitter. <laughs> One every thirteen or fourteen posts I'll also put on Twitter because I forget about it. Uh, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you next time.